So just how important is it that the Rams find their quarterback of the future? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. My name is Travis Rogers. You can find me on Twitter under that handle right there, at Travis Rogers. Not only do I host Locked on Rams, but I also host the Rams pre, half, and post-game show on their flagship station, ESPN 710. Getting ready for season number eight doing that. And the co-host of Locked on Rams, Doug McCain, joining us as well. You can find him on Twitter at DMAC underscore LA. We got a lot to get to. Obviously, the draft is coming up right around the corner, DMAC. And the Rams do not have a first-round pick yet, so we can talk about whether or not they're going to move in. We'll talk a little bit about where they find themselves in the Matthew Stafford situation now that Aaron Rodgers has left to go to the other side of this. But let's start right here on today's edition of Locked on Rams, which is brought to you by ultimate GM and that is when and how and who might the Rams target when it comes to drafting a quarterback maybe not the quarterback of the future but somebody to be on that roster we know that Bryce Perkins is not going to be that guy we know that John Wolford is not going to be that guy we know we're coming off of a season where Matthew Stafford has has missed a good chunk of it a pretty durable guy through most of his career last year was the first time he's missed a big chunk but he did so how do you think that they approach this going into the draft you know probably not tonight even if they move into the first round this quarterback is not going to be their guy I don't think but what do you think they do as we get a little deeper into this about addressing that backup quarterback situation and about addressing a potential quarterback of the future yeah, I think it's absolutely pivotal that they do address that backup quarterback spot. Like you mentioned, you're not going to have Perkins. You're not going to have Wolford. They were really serviceable at the beginning, but really they didn't look the part as far as a guy you can trust to go in there and be a legitimate spot starter. But they're absolutely going to pick someone up in this draft. And you look at some of those later ground rounds, some of those guys that we talked about, a Clayton Toon out of Houston. He's a guy, the accuracy is there. He's proficient with those short intermediate throws that McVay loves. He's a quick decision maker. If he's available, I like that as a name. And also Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. We talked a little bit about him. Kind of undersized, but another guy that kind of fits the mold. I mean, we talked about how he has been compared to Drew Brees. And there's just a lot of like about his game. He 53 touchdowns and 12 picks over his last two seasons, so we know he's productive. Then we talked about Aiden O'Connell, Max Duggan, and Tanner McKee. But I still say that Dorian Thompson-Robinson, if he's available, he does have the lowest floor, but he also has the highest ceiling. And we know that... They like the fan, the bells and whistles of a Dorian Thompson-Robinson and the things that he can bring as far as a guy that can get yards with his legs. They, he can break the pocket and improvise a little bit. I think that's something that could be enticing to Sean McVay and Les Snead. It'll be interesting, too, because I, I think that a lot of times it gets mixed up and, 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 and inside and out that this isn't a guy that you need to take you to the Super Bowl. This isn't a guy that you're going to have to go and win 10, 11, 12 games during the regular season with. The idea of this position is, can we play him for a week or two? And in a worst case scenario, maybe for a month or so, if our number one guy goes down, the number one quarterback on this team is Matthew Stafford will be this year and could be moving forward through the, through the future. But you look at what they've had at that spot the last couple of years and 
the difference between a guy like John Wolford and Bryce Perkins and somebody like Baker Mayfield, for instance, who we saw very briefly at the end of last year, Baker Mayfield in, in the grand scheme of things as the number one overall pick is a huge disappointment. Baker Mayfield as a guy that can play quarterback for you for a week or two or a month is exactly what you're looking for. It's NFL quality. It's there's mistakes that come along with it, but you're not necessarily trying to find the next Tom Brady in the sixth round or the next Brock Purdy is Mr. Irrelevant who becomes your quarterback of the future. It's if Matthew Stafford gets dinged up again and I got to play two weeks before I get him back and we're trying to win football games and we're trying to go in there. Can he keep our head above water? That's what Wolford couldn't do. That's what Perkins couldn't do. And it was hard to evaluate exactly what it was going to be with Mayfield because Mayfield simply wasn't playing with other NFL caliber players. But the difference between those two guys, to me at least, Doug, was pretty stark. And I think that's what Sean McVay is probably looking for. They've skimped at that position really throughout the entire Sean McVay era and it kind of came back to get him a little bit last year. And I think that that needs to be very high on their priority list of can we have a guy who plays that position good enough to at least play 500 football until we get our guy back? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you can have a guy come off the bench and run the offense or you can guy that had come off the bench and really help you win games. And we saw the excitement of a Baker Mayfield who just goes off the plane is able to plug right in, win a game. Those are kind of the guys you're kind of looking for, especially in the NFL where the backup role is becoming increasingly more valued because guys are going down. And you also consider the fact that the Rams, they had the offensive line that was one of the worst in the league. So you're not protecting the quarterback. So you have to consider that as well until you rebuild that offensive line. And Matthew Stafford is getting up there in age. I mean, last year you saw the injury that he dealt with, he felt numb in his lower body. So I think you have to protect yourself. And also, too, I think that Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback. We know he's one of the best in the league. But if you can find that next guy, the heir apparent that, hey, if you hit big on him and he's providing a good depth option, I think that definitely is something that is very enticing for this Rams team. I think it's all – and it's a little greedy, right? So the the idea of what could it look like if you had somebody that could move their feet a little bit. And, and the reason I say it's greedy – is they went to the Super Bowl with a guy that had the mobility of Jared Goff. They won a Super Bowl with a guy that had the mobility of Matthew Stafford. Nobody's going to confuse either one of those guys with Lamar Jackson, right? (laughs) These are guys that are pocket quarterbacks that do what they do. That being said, it really is interesting to me, knowing how Sean McVay's offense works and knowing how you know maybe the very best version of his offense might look if you had a quarterback like you're talking about, like – a a DTR and maybe it's not him, but a player like that, that can create off schedule that can move their feet that maybe can make a decision to kind of tuck it and go. That wasn't golf. That's not Stafford. But in the back of my mind, I keep thinking, what would it look at if they found somebody that could bring that to the table? Yeah, I think that's kind of the evolution. I mean, Max Duggan's another guy that I think is interesting, too. So really, I think it's about bringing in a guy that fits Sean McVay's system, that he can mold, that he doesn't have the pressure to say, oh, you're going to be a starter. We're going to make you a competent backup that has the potential to go in there, execute this offense, win games, and perform at a high level. So like I said, you like you said earlier, you're not looking for Tom Brady. You're not going to strike gold with the quarterback most likely, but there is a lot of talent in this draft, and we know this organization under Sean McVay, they know how to groom quarterbacks. And I also think learning under Matt Stafford, too, is 
a big thing as well. So, yeah, I think this quarterback position moving forward, I think you're, if you want a franchise guy, you're looking down the line. You're still looking what Matthew Stafford can do for the remainder of his career. But I think it's going to be very pivotal that you go out there and get that next guy. Because last season, you just didn't have confidence in a Perkins or a Wolford. I mean, we saw what he did in the, the playoffs a few years ago. That was a great story. But we know in this league, you need a single caller to go in there, run the offense, make plays, and you got to put some talent around him as well. So I think it's a lot of factors, but a new I'm excited to see a drafted quarterback for this team because they really haven't emphasized, they haven't focused on it. I'm really interested to see who they go with because there's a lot of guys in this draft that kind of excite me as far as how dynamic they are and what Sean McVay can do with them. All right, so we're going to stay with the quarterbacks here for a second. That Now that Aaron Rodgers is in New York with the Jets, do the Rams have the second best quarterback in the entire conference? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right, let's talk a little bit about Ultimate Football GM. How many times have you told your buddies, your friends, your coworkers, you know, I could do a better job than that guy. I know how to be a GM. Well, when you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory by trying to build a historic dynasty. It's fun, and you can do better than your buddies, and then you can talk your junk to them. It's awesome. You got to give it a shot. So with Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for basically everything. Control your destiny of your franchise by hire the right coach, hire the right coordinators, manage all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigate your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues. That would be fun, right? And all the ups and downs of an entire season. And all of this comes in a challenging and realistic game world. The Ultimate Football GM is completely free. It's playable online. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. And Locked on Rams listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That's all caps in the game store. One more time, the promo code is Locked On. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Travis Rogers and Doug McCain bringing you Locked on Rams. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day and to all you everydayers out there. We appreciate it very, very much. I know that you're looking forward to getting all of our reaction to the draft, so make sure that you're with us on the very next Locked on Rams so you're up to speed on all things LA Rams. So, Doug, the NFC got very weird all of a sudden. It felt like maybe a lot of the 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 power or the balance of power was much more equal over the last few years. And then last year it started to turn. You got your Mahomeses and your Hallens and your Herberts and your Jacksons on one side of the draw, Joe Burrow, of course. Well, maybe the best quarterback in one half, Aaron Rodgers, now went to the other half. And we can talk about maybe another day about whether that was a good idea for Aaron Rodgers or not, because that is a very treacherous path to a Super Bowl. But obviously, as the reigning MVP, Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC, right? Jalen Hurts took his team to the Super Bowl, looked really good doing it, and he's a young player, and he's going to be very good for a long time. But with the departure of Rodgers, did Matthew Stafford move into that second spot? And, and maybe there's a case to be made for one or two other guys, but I'm not so sure that the guy with the Super Bowl championship, with the pedigree that he has, with the, the the history of winning in big games that he's had in Los Angeles, did he slide into that number two spot by default? 
I think if you're Matthew Stafford and you look at the NFC, some of the names like you mentioned, Dak Prescott. I mean, after that, who do we have? Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, old friend Jared Goff. Not a lot of brand name quarterbacks. I mean, Derek Carr going to the Saints. I mean, you're talking about a Derek Carr whose only playoff game ended in a game-ending red zone interception. And as you mentioned, Matthew Stafford, not only when he's healthy, he is a top five quarterback, in my opinion. The numbers indicate that from his first season with the Rams. When it comes to arm talent, when it comes to reading defenses, to me, there's no question about it. He is one of the better signal callers in the league. And you look at these other guys, just not a lot of brand game, a lot of not a brand names. Not a lot of guys have gone out there and won on the highest level like Stafford. I think with Aaron Rodgers going to the other conference, going to the AFC, going to the Jets, I think you could absolutely make the case that Stafford is the second best quarterback in the NFL, in the NFC. So I feel good about saying that. And I look at the year he had last season. I mean, you look at from every single position group. I mean, what could go wrong did go wrong for the Rams. The offensive line, they were absolutely decimated. He played with 10 different offensive linemen's uh, offensive line alignments. He got hit 63 times. That was the highest ever under a Sean McVay coach team. So the offensive line was bad. You look at his receiver weapons, you're going with a going from a healthy Cooper Cup, a Odell Beckham Jr., all these not, all these big weapons too. Allen Robinson didn't work out. Skoranek, I mean, Van Jefferson, these guys weren't producing. And then on top of that, the running game was historically bad to start the year. So he was going to war with butter knives. They weren't protecting him. And yes, he did have a down year, 10 touchdowns, eight interceptions, pretty much across the board. If you look at his stats, it was down. But if he's healthy and if you surround him with enough talent, I still think he can be one of the better quarterbacks, not only in the league, but probably the second or third best quarterback in the NFC. I, I like that you brought that up because last year was a disaster from, from, from literally the opening night against Buffalo. They got blown out and it never really turned, right? They, they, it was just a season for – completely forgettable for every possible way. But I, I think it's important to kind of go back, like you said, especially when we're talking about Matthew Stafford, because this was not, oh, Stafford's lost his fastball. This is not, what, what is he doing? And he was playing behind an offensive line that was literally pulling guys out of the police academy to try to block for him. Yeah. This, this, this is a an offensive line that had guys that were on the street that all of a sudden were starting at positions like left tackle. You had a, a wide receiver core that was decimated or drastically underperforming in the case of somebody like Allen Robinson. You had no running game to speak of to the point where they took their best guy and told him to go home. It was a completely unreliable offense, and Matthew Stafford was not the reason it didn't work. Now, he didn't look good physically. We've talked about the injuries that he has, but I really do expect him to come back and look a lot more like the guy that we saw in year one with L.A. as opposed to the guy that we saw in year two with L.A. because that guy was making throws all over the place. That guy is the reason you won the Super Bowl. That guy is the reason you won the NFC Championship game. That and Jaquaski Tart dropping an interception. But he is the reason that you got there. And I think that it's a little bit – it's going to be really interesting because the conference is so weak. Obviously, you're going to have your four-division winners. But after that, there's not this glut of teams like there is in the NFC for those final three wildcard spots. And if they're just a little bit better, a little bit healthier, a little bit luckier, you turn around and the next thing you know, nine and eight, 10 and seven, despite the fact that they're projected to finish with the second fewest wins in the NFC, it's not out of the question that a quarterback that good with a coach that good 
could really kind of steal you some wins and you find yourself in a playoff spot. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think when you consider that he's a top-end talent, when you consider that Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the NFL, you almost think, hey, maybe we do go for it when you consider how weak the NFC looks so far heading into next season. And look, the numbers, they bear it out. I mean, he went from fourth in QBR in 2021 to 22nd. He had his lowest since 2014. It's 231.9 yards per game. That was his lowest since 2010 when he was a 22-year-old second-year player with the Lions. And when a player does poorly that has reached the peaks of a Matthew Stafford, it's usually a couple of factors like we mentioned, injuries, the lack of talent surrounding him. But if you do restock some of that talent and you put better pieces and you find a way to improve this offensive line, you give him a few more weapons, you establish this run game once again. Well, hey, I think you put Matthew Stafford in a chance in a place where he can make plays and he can lead this team to maybe eight or nine or possibly 10 wins. But when you have a guy that you sign that big extension to, that you're still not taking calls for when it comes to trades, you have to try to go out there and try to win with him. I know when you're trying to replace half of this roster really through the draft, it's definitely a difficult situation. But still, I mean, we know that they've made that move to win a Super Bowl. But at the same token, we know how competitive this organization is. And if Stafford, if he comes into camp healthy, if he stays healthy, if he wants to really reestablish himself as an elite quarterback, I don't see any reason why he can't go out there. And really, I mean, look at some of these lists, Travis. I mean, some of these lists, I mean, you have Matt. 10, 12, 15. I mean, the disrespect for Matthew Stafford to me is unwarranted. And I hopefully he uses that and that fuels his fire. So like you said, they need to rebuild their entire roster. And one of the things that you can do that with is getting more picks in the draft by moving back. Is that in the mix for the Rams? Do they actually move back, get even more picks, and try to backload that roster? That's coming up next unlocked on ramps all right but first let's talk a little bit about built bar if you are looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built you absolutely got to try it i kept trying them all the time i've got one in my car i've got one in my backpack i've got them in my desk at work i've got them all over the house because if you're like me and you want that good choice it's got to be right there, and you want to eat something that tastes good as well. That is what you do. Built Bars and Built Puffs, they are healthy, and they taste amazing. They are so good. You think that there, there's no way this can be good for me? You got to try it. You got to take my word for it. What makes Built so good? It's that, well, real chocolate, right? 100% real dark chocolate. You heard me right, real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like peanut butter brownie, almond which is my favorite cookies and cream and if you're close to a sam's club you can grab and run it right now and grab a 13 bar box with all of the hit flavors and i'm talking brownie batter puff churro puff you can thank me later head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick them up right now sam's club walmart Go get yourself some Built Bars and you can thank me later. Thanks for making Locked on Rams your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. That's Doug McCain. I am Travis Rogers. You can check us out on YouTube as well on our Locked on Rams YouTube page. It is a terrific way to take in the podcast. And let's start with the big, you know, this may be the second biggest event behind the Super Bowl, the NFL draft, which is taking place tonight. The Rams do not have a pick in that first round. They are right outside of it uh, very early in the second round. But I wonder, Doug, if they're thinking, all right, let's pick high or as high as we can, or should we take some of our higher picks 
get more of them to move back and start to backload the roster there. Like we talked about uh, for all of our everydayers that know this, we talked about this previously. Um, this is a team that has 45 empty roster spots heading into camp here in a few months. Yeah, no, today definitely feels like Christmas, but do we have any presents under the tree to unwrap? <laughs> Maybe not right now, but what I'm interested to see in this first round is how those picks look in the first 25 picks. Because if there's someone that the they really like there that they might want to trade up and get, you've heard some rumors that, hey, they like the Boston College receiver, Zay Flowers. Maybe you do go out there and get that edge rusher or a big offensive line. I don't think they'll go offensive line, but I still think that there is a slim possibility with Snead and company saying, okay, there is that guy we want to trade up. So we'll see how the last six picks of the first round shake out and if they can maybe get themselves in. But as far as trying to trade down, I think it absolutely makes the most sense. I mean, we know that this team has kind of maxed out their credit cards, so to speak, and kind of have to start paying off those debts. But also you can find a second line of credit, right? You can go out there and you can – trade down, get some more picks, and get more darts, and that way you increase your chances of hitting a bullseye. Because, look, let's be honest, this is one of the deepest drafts in recent memory, and I think it's absolutely an option. Peter King, he said that he believes that the Rams want to add to more picks to their top 150, potentially doubling their total from three to six. So you could make a deal with, let's say, a team like the Texans. The Rams would give them the number 36 and their one 167th pips of their second and their fifth in exchange and give they would get their number 65 in the third and their number 73rd in the third round, their number 104th pick. So that would basically give them more picks in the top 50. And also, if you heard Les Sneed early in this week, he indicated that some within the staff, they wanted to close that gap. They didn't want to go 90 picks between their third round and their fifth round pick. So it gives you more picks. It allows you to really find some more guys and really fill so many positions. Because there is not just, I mean, we talked about edge rush. We talked about cornerback. We talked about tight end. There's a lot of positions they can fill, but still trading down allows you to replenish this roster and kind of develop and look ahead for 2024. Yeah, that's the thing, right? And I guess it kind of depends on how you view Les Needs' track record as drafting players, that they've been very good at drafting players early, right? And nobody bats a 1,000. You're going to miss some here and there. But fact of the matter is they took Jared Goff number one overall. That worked. I know that, it's a, that he's somebody that Rams fans kind of have mixed feelings about. He took him to a Super Bowl. He's an NFL player and a pretty good one. That worked. Todd Gurley early in the first round. Short period of time, but it worked really well. Todd Gurley was a very good player. Aaron Donald, we know. Michael Brockers, they're really good at picking players early in the draft. They're also pretty good at taking guys later in the draft, right, and finding guys that ultimately end up being starters. You look at a guy like uh, John Johnson a few years ago who's now gone, but he went, he's gone because somebody said, yeah, we'll pay that guy even though he was drafted in the middle. Last year, maybe not so much, and, and it's one of these would I rather have 10 picks and hope to hit on five of them, or would I rather have, you know, one or two picks a little higher in the draft and have to hit on both of them? I kind of tend towards Doug, the idea of give me a lot of, give me a lot of shots at it. And, and if I even bat 500 later in there, I'm stealing money from other people because they're less expensive. They're, they're more flexible. And I trust uh, Sean McVay and Les need to find those players deeper in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said in the last show, I mean, from 2019 to 2021, it was F them picks. This year, it's like, yeah, about them picks. Could you spare a couple of those picks? So <laughs> now they want to have those picks. They want to have that war chest and give themselves 
the biggest chance to really hit on some guys. And like I said, it's a deep draft. Like you said, there's a tight end mix that you could really focus on. So there's so many different positions that you need to fill. And I absolutely think that I love the idea of trading down unless there is a guy they have identified that they're close to drafting early on. I still think McDonald, I mean, there's some edge rushers that I think that if they're available and they think they could fall to them, yes, it's something that they could consider. But yeah, when you consider how much you have to replenish this roster, like you said, 44 spots to fill. I mean, they definitely have to find a way to get this talent and really start the process of developing guys. So yeah, I'm absolutely okay with them moving down. I think it does make a lot of sense. I think from a draft Nick perspective, you always want those brand names. You want to, who's your first rounder? Who's your second rounder? But like we've seen with this organization, they can draft in the later rounds. They can develop guys and they can make them into big contributors. But I think for, as far as winning next season, maybe this you want the top guys but as far as looking big picture maybe 2024 and beyond going with the depth might be the plan all right that's going to do it for this issue issue is a combination of addition and issue doug i don't know if you knew that or not but that's uh, that's a word that i like to use here on locked on rams it's going to do it for this episode of locked on rams thanks for making us your first listen every single day every dayers don't forget that coming up on the next edition of locked on rams we're going to talk about all things draft who did they get who did they miss on and where do they go from here for doug mckay and i am travis rogers this is locked on rams whose house It's Locked on Rams House.